Time for the Friday edition of Hancock and Kelly. You two belong together. John Hancock, Michael Kelly. Sponsored by Insperity. HR that makes a difference. On News Radio 1120, KMOX. Happy Friday. It's Hancock and Kelly. You made it to the weekend, and what a gorgeous week it's been. It's been uh, very lovely out there. Yeah. Some good music in the background. Some good vibes, one might say. Yeah, I saw some vibes last night. Really? You went and saw some music last night? I was night. at uh, Jazz St. Louis. Uh, mm-hmm. Our neighbors, the Comptons, they uh, invited us. Right. They comped us the ticket. Hey, now. And, uh, yeah, Joel Ross, a vibe player from Chicago. What is a vibe? The vibraphone, Michael. It's oh, a, of course. It's a, a tray of... Uh, Vibe player meant something different in college. The bell. It's a, it's like the bells, it's, except they're they're vibes, and you you know you've got a pedal there, and you can turn up the volume and and play them with mallets. Uh-huh. Lionel Hampton was a vibe player. Really? Yes. And is the is vibes a big deal in jazz music? Typically, it can be. Uh, it uh. was last night at the uh, Jazz St. Louis. He's going to be there all weekend. Joel Ross. And nice. He, uh, a style that was not. Uh, uh, for everyone's taste, let's say. Right. It kind of had a bebop feel to it, if you're familiar with bebop. Uh-huh. Are you familiar with bebop? Not really, yeah. but I'm going along with it. All right. So, uh, you know, kind of experimental, um, you know, not so much. The the melody in bebop sort of takes a back seat to the rhythm um, and, right. and the uh, syncopation. So help me out. I have not been to Jazz St. Louis. Is that where this was at? Yeah. Okay. It used to be Jazz at the Bistro. Yeah. Same okay. Building. I haven't been there since it was Jazz at the Bistro. It's yeah. probably been six or seven years. And yeah. when I went there, it was almost set up like a comedy club. You sat at little tables. Right. They'd bring you a drink. Yep. And then there's a, what is there, a set time for the performance? Exactly. Yeah. And we were in the balcony level. So ah. there's uh, there's one r- row of seats along the edge of this uh-huh. balcony. And you look down onto the stage. And, uh, yeah, food and drink. The food was great. And uh, it was a lovely, lovely evening. Great. And that's right across the street from the Fox, right? It is. Was it easy to find a parking place? Because I think the Wicked is in town. They've got their own parking. And, yeah, Wicked was, the traffic was wicked. Yeah. Getting down Grand last night. We were on Grand for 20 minutes uh, trying to get to this little, you know, jazz club. Yeah. Yeah, and then pretty soon we'll have, what, the Circus Flores right there as well. So there's a lot of energy that happens right there in Midtown uh, around the Fox. I was blown away because, you know, Thursday night. Right. I mean, there were people. And even when we left, and Wicked was still going on at the Fox, uh, but there was a lot of traffic down there. Yeah, and there were a ton of people down at the Cardinal game last night. We'll get into that. That wasn't a good night. I went uh, to a really great night last night. My nephew. Yeah. Ben, who's getting married to Amy. Ben. Yeah. I've met Ben. You met Ben. Yeah, he interned yeah, for me. Yeah. So Ben's getting married, and they had the rehearsal dinner oh. last night. Yeah. I went to the rehearsal dinner, fabulous rehearsal Where dinner. That my uh, it, Tubby's in St. Charles. Have you ever Tubby's. been to Tubby's? Uh, yes. There's a bo- it's a bowling alley, yeah. but uh, they, they also have a banquet room. The food is fabulous. Yeah. Like, you can't get a parking spot at Tubby's because everybody's going there to get steak, et cetera. Commercial for Tubby's. Um, but the... Um, it was it was a great time and we had a great time. So then I drive home last night. Mm-hmm. Before I went to this event, I uh, went for a walk. So when I came home, I was running hot. You know, like you know how you're like, oh man, I'm running late. I'm running late. So I hop in my car. I drive out there. I get out. I left the keys to my house. I live in an apartment building. Yeah. In 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 my house. Ooh. So I don't realize this until I get home. So 
11 o'clock at night. I'm coming back. You don't have a keypad on that thing? Or no. And I'm locked out of my house. You're locked out of the house. So now I'm like, well, the only there's two people who have uh, keys to my house. house. One's my mother and another one's a, a co-worker of mine. So you got your mother. Who's that? St. Charles. Saint I just Charles. left there. And the you other person's co-worker, co-worker who, who lives downtown. So I'm calling the co-worker. I think I finally raised him. And I was like, listen... I locked myself out. Yeah. But that, is, that is miserable. You ever locked yourself out of your house? I, I oh, literally yeah. was thinking I was going to have to sleep on a couch in my office and just come here. Wow. That but have was... you ever locked yourself out? I have, but I'm, you know, I'm very, uh, I don't like to talk. Uh-huh. People, but uh, I'm creative, you know. And okay. so I've, uh, you know, crawl in the window. What? Yeah. Like a fireman? Yeah. Well, you got to, you know. Uh, you... Has this happened in the last decade? In the last decade, yes. You you crawled through a window. I have. I would have paid money to see that. Well, it's uh, you got to it's, it's skillful. I mean, you got to be able to get to you know the window, and then you got the screen has to come off, obviously. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, but there I was. Wow, I'm impressed. Yeah. And you were the hero of the family, the fact that you were able to get was, the door open. And... I'm, I'm like one of those sloths. You know, you can <laughs> kind of make yourself flat and you get through anything. And I did it. Well, uh, fortunately, I was able to. You should have to... called me. I would have crawled through your window. I could, wish I could have called you. And fortunately, you and I were uh, able to get into our houses last night. I wonder if people are able to get into their offices. Well, we're going to check on that because we're going to turn our attention now to the overhead door company of St. Louis Traffic Center. To meet you at Midwest Money. You'll be happy you did. Now, back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference on News Radio 1120, KMOX. And welcome back to the Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. You can listen to us on 1120 AM or 98.7 FM. Have you ever listened to the signal on 98.7? I have. It comes in in HD, yeah. but you just imagine what you sound like got in the HD. HD. Yeah, I sound like I'm on NPR on it, HD. Ooh, well, you'd have to talk like Hello, this. Hello, and welcome back to KMOX. And Hancock and Kelly. Here we are. All right, let's get into some politics, John. We talked right. a little bit about Clarence Thomas, and I don't want to put you on the, the ropes again, but let me just ask you the hypothetical. Uh-huh. If this was Elaine Kagan, who had been had a house bought by, I don't know, let's say George Soros, mm-hmm. Would you say it's not a good look? Do you think the Republicans would discount this as just, hey, look, you know, this is not a big deal. They've been friends, blah, blah, blah. Or do you think that they'd be yelling bloody blue murder? It's uh, it's not a good look, Michael. Yeah. And, uh, bloody blue murder? Would that be a, 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 a proper statement? I think so. Yeah. I mean, the the failure to disclose is the bigger deal here. Uh, I think the, if the guy wants to buy the mother's house and turn it into a museum, I mean, Clarence Thomas is a historical Historically significant, but that's not figure. what he did. The lady lived in the well, house. Well, she did until she didn't. And, and she bought the na- he, he bought the neighbor's house, but that was making a lot of noise next door too. Did you read that? Yeah. Uh, well, they bought some empty lots, and he no, sold. No, there was those. a house right next door. Well, where they're going to some... turn it into a museum. Come on, John. This what? is hogwash. This is this is. Uh, there corruption. should be a museum for Clarence Thomas. Sure, have a museum for him. This is corruption. Uh, this is not good. Um, and I think that uh, well, we may be seeing him get bounced. So corruption is paying somebody off to get a favorable you know how do we know decision. what this guy wanted well, rulings that's the on question. he was a concern this guy's got hitler statues in his backyard it's, uh, who, who knows what he wanted who does the, the guy who bought the house he's got hitler statues hitler in- statues in his backyard the guy is a complete whack job uh, well and he's bought a copy of mein kampf that's signed by um 
Hitler himself. I mean, this guy, this this is a kook. Yeah. I mean, much like you would probably equate George Soros to being a kook. Right. And you you think this is a bad look? They're not 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 worried. You know, nothing to see here. Just a bad look. Well, they've not they've not established that there's a linkage between Clarence Thomas's rulings and what this guy has done. That's all I'm saying. But mm-hmm. no, it's not a good look. He needs to be bounced. All right, let's move on. Speaking of getting bounced, a 21 year old National Guard member is in custody in connection with the disclosure of highly classified military documents on the Ukrainian war and a bunch of other stuff. His name is Jack Tixera. Um, did you see this story break? This is the Pentagon leak papers. Yeah. He was arrested yesterday in Massachusetts. Two things that were startling to me. Number one, he was 21 years old. Um, and I get maybe they're buying, you know, they're, they're hiring a bunch of these techie kids to, to help with cyber stuff. But he was a member of the Massachusetts Air National Guard, and he has access to some of the most highly sensitive classified documents? Yeah, and I don't, that's what I don't understand. We're going to visit later next hour with Stacey Lynn Moore. She's a CBS News reporter on this. I don't understand how somebody would have the clearance to be, have access to documents like this, let alone release them. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, I mean, that's, how many other kids out there, how many other people have access to classified documents? Here we are. We're investigating the former presidents over having classified documents. And then we're taking some kid who who's just getting his merit badge and uh, in, in being in the military to, to and giving him the secrets to the and whole world. And he's posting them on, and we're going to pull our producer Drew in here because he's young. And uh, what's he what's he posting these things on? So they, they reported that he posted on Discord, yeah. which... It's, they call it a social media app, but it's really like an app for gamers where you could talk to your friends while you're playing games. Huh. So other people have access to these documents, whoever was in the group. And he, and he was, but the group was pretty small, as mm-hmm. I as I understand. And they, and most of them were not all that impressed that he had, because, you know, they're on there playing. What 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 kind of games are they playing? Oh, I can there? guarantee it's a shoot 'em up deal, right? You know, like a Call of Duty or something. I have no idea what they were playing. Uh, yeah. But... The app is owned by Tencent, which is a Chinese company. There you go. So, uh, there we are. There you go. Well, uh, that was but, good information, Drew. Thank you. Drew knows some Bro. stuff. Hey, by the way, I, I don't know. You know, I don't like to talk, but I've got a PS5, and this past <laughs> week, for the Heavy. first time ever, I played PGA golf on it. And I guess I went through this Discord server. I didn't okay. know what I was doing. I just logged on and talked. <laughs> I was able to talk to my buddy that I was playing. It was actually Dave Glover's son. Um, through my controller, and he and I were in separate parts of St. Louis playing golf against each other, talking. It was incredible technology. Mm, who won? Yeah, uh, I did. I don't oh. like to talk. <laughs> we were playing Augusta National. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> hey, John, uh, also abortion is back in the news in several instances. There's been a several court rulings as it relates to the abortion pill. Florida just put a six-week, uh, no, no abortions after six weeks, even in cases of rape and incest. Um, lots going on as it relates to abortion. I, I heard on KMOX this morning right here reported that abortion uh, pills is the number one form of dealing with abortion. Right. And now there's uh, a Texas federal judge uh, put a moratorium or stay on that. And then it's gotten held since then. And here we go with abortion again. Yeah. And, you know, it's the issue is rightfully decided by the states, I think. But the states, regardless of your opinion on abortion, um, and I'm pro-life, but the consensus of the public is ultimately going to drive the policy on this thing. 
And the consensus of, of the public is not to ban abortion in cases of rape and incest. And yet those bills are passing state legislatures and being signed by governors. They're not going to stand because the public, the public outcry is going to overwhelm that. And whether the state has initiative petition uh, access, as we do in Missouri, and there are a couple of abortion initiative petitions that are weaving their way through the process, probably will be on the ballot in 2024 in Missouri. Uh, you know, the, you're going to have to reach a public consensus on this issue, and it is not abortion on demand up to the date of birth on the left, and it is not no abortions whatsoever, even in cases of rape and incest to the extreme on the right. That's not where the public is, and eventually they're going to have to figure this out. Well, and the public is overwhelmingly in support <laughs> of uh, having access to abortion and women's health care. At least in the early stages of pregnancy. I, I, I think that is... And- Pretty much where public opinion is. And you talk about it going to the ballot box. We just saw that happen up in Wisconsin where Supreme Court justice was ousted uh, with a new justice coming in who's Mm -hmm. got a pro-choice view. Uh, A big win in a city, uh, I mean, the state of Wisconsin. This also is playing some dynamics as it relates to individual campaigns and the presidential campaign. Ron DeSantis signed the six-week abortion ban in Florida on Wednesday night at 11 p.m., he sent out a tweet, said, signed to this bill. Now, this is a guy who's chasing press everywhere, John, trying to appeal he's to the Republican base. He's working late. He's in the office um, there. Late is abortion night. going to be a problem for the GOP yeah, I think uh, it is. as we come towards the 2024 yeah, I elections? I think it has been. I think it was a problem in the midterms. And, you know— when, when abortion had the protection of the Supreme Court, so that you, it really was a limit to what states could do, states passed all of these laws, and uh, and they were purist laws, and no abortion. And, and look, abortion is a very controversial issue, and it's not a simple matter of a woman's right to choose because there's a baby involved. And, you know, there, so there's a point in time— I think everybody would agree there's a point in time during pregnancy where the mother's liberty interest to end that pregnancy is subsumed by the child's interest to life. And we disagree over when that is, but if you if you go from the, the day before natural birth and start working your way back, it's quite a ways back where public opinion is. I think there's a general consensus that uh, in early term, first term abortion, I think most people support that. I don't, but I think most people support that. And uh, but that's and and the problem you have with these initiatives that are out there is that they're all or nothing. They're on the the on the fringes. There's no nuance to them, and uh, and that's not good. It's not good public policy. Well, much like the transgender stuff, no um, nuances to them. It's just one way or the other. It's interesting how. There should be nuances when it comes to one of those issues, but not on other ones. We have a caller. Dennis is on the line. He's got some thoughts about the leaks. Dennis, welcome to KMOX. Pull him up there, Drew. Good morning. Hey there, Dennis. Um, I heard you guys talking about the guardsman that was absconded. Yeah, yeah. And you both seem to express concern that how on earth could a guardsman have access to that material? Yeah. And... uh, I served 38 and a half years in the Air Guard and in the active duty Air Force. 
And I take offense at people who are acting like, how can the Guard do that? Uh, they work side-by-side side with active duty. Our mission's no different than the active duty. His job required the access. Right. So would you have been saying, oh, my God, how could an active duty guy? Probably. I would have, yeah. yeah I yeah, would have. I would have, yeah. Yeah, a, a twenty-one-year-old with access to that kind of classified information. Uh, yeah, I would have a problem with that. I think it should be left to the intelligence okay. and the higher but, ups. But Dennis, to, to your point, you you are correct. The guards are ever been as much military as anybody else. You're you're correct about that. Thanks for the call, hey. Dennis. Hey, right, let's go to Joan. Okay, Joan's got some thoughts on abortion this morning. Joan, welcome to KMOX. Good morning. Um, mostly, I'll just say I'm just so tired, and I frankly. I'll just be honest and say I'm just tired of men debating abortion and even the notion that we love the little tagline of rape and incest. Well, let's go deeper on that crime against women. I, where's the end game in all of this? I have granddaughters. What, what, the, what in the world is happening now, beginning in this pitiful state where I've always lived? It's an embarrassment. Those are my thoughts. I just, John, talking abortion is beyond anything I can handle. I just. Well, <laughs> try not to listen then, John. <laughs> you know, it, look, it's a, it's a debate. It's a public policy debate. It's an issue that's in our political realm. And, you know, we have different opinions on it. There's nothing wrong with that. We express those opinions. Hey, did you see Dianne Feinstein has uh, solicited uh, the leader of the Senate to allow her to temporarily leave the. Uh, Senate Judiciary Committee so that they can move forward with going forward with some of the uh, appointments of judges right. to the bench. Diane Feinstein, 80-plus-year-old senator. 90. 90-plus-year-old 90 senator. Uh, and uh, she's now making this. She's been a controversial figure inside my party, John, because Democrats want to confirm judges. Yeah, and she's got. I guess she's got a case of shingles now, uh-huh. and um, I fear that. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. I got to get my second shot. By the way, I like uh, shouldn't first. talk about medical things. So, uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, this is a this is a real issue because the you know obviously the Democrat majority in the Senate is thin, and you've got all these judges that need to get confirmed, and because Dianne Feinstein is not able to serve on the Judiciary Committee. Uh, there's a fear that they're going to hold these things up. And now you've got voices inside the party calling on her to, to resign. Resign from the Senate, So that yeah. Governor Newsom could appoint her replacement. Yeah, and I'm hopeful that that will be the case. Hey, John, we've got a fun day ahead of us. and we? We're going to start with one of the legends of KMOX here at the top of the hour, aren't we? Carol Daniel announced yesterday that she's going to hang up the microphone at uh, May the 25th, and she's going to sit with us and kind of reflect on what is an amazing broadcast career. Uh, Stacey Lynn Moore with CBS News. We're going to talk about those leaked documents. All kinds of stuff coming your way. It's Michael Kelly and John Hancock. It's Friday on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Staring out onto Gray Street. Time for the Friday edition of Hancock and Kelly. You two belong together. John Hancock, Michael Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference. On News Radio 1120, KMOX. And now the end is near. And so Frank Sinatra for our lady Carol Daniel. Yeah. 
man, I, I jumped in the car yesterday, started her up. Of course, it's on X. Right. And they said, Carol Daniel announced that she's retiring. And I just, I don't know, I got, I got all teary-eyed. What are you doing, Carol? Why are you leaving? <laughs> what, do you want to go have a life? Because I can and because <laughs> I want to. And I'm 61, which is... You young. Know, you say that. You I, say that. I do say that. Um, it is young, and that's even a, a greater reason, because I still have healthy years. I still have time. Yeah. And watching my parents, as many know, I've talked about my mother's dementia. Right. We moved my parents here during the pandemic, and so now they live like 10 minutes from my house. And mm-hmm. Um, and I told uh, Beth, our news director, she said, what, what are you going to do? What's the first thing you're going to do? And I said, I'm going to go do my mother's hair. Mm. Hey, now. I'm going to That's go cool. do my mother's hair so I can spend more time with them. But seeing them, my dad is, he turned 92 this week. My mother's 87. Um, seeing them, seeing their health change as as we watch our parents, this, yep. this happens. Um, it, I, it put me in a position to think I want to be there for them in a greater way. And I want to be there for them at a time that I can. Yeah. That I can. And yeah. um, and then, you know, the boys, we had, you know, the um, empty nester times two. Well, and we've, we've lived your children's birth until <laughs> adulthood right here on KMOX. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, we've gone through... Miscarriages together, and yeah. we've gone through uh, the boys because they were all born. Um, um, let me see, six. One was born in the morning, and mm. one was born in the afternoon. One was born in the morning drive, and one was born in afternoon drive. Not the same. <laughs> not the same day, though. <laughs> 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 They're four years apart in yeah. age, uh, so they. Th- this is all that they've known of my life. They've known their mother to be on KMOX, and they've gone to, I don't know how many KMOX events. Um, and so people have watched them. How many years for you here? Uh, Monday, this coming Monday, will be 28. Yeah. A- April 17th is my 28th. So I have one and only one distinction here at the Voice of St. Louis. Which is? Good. I have known Carol Daniel longer than anyone at this station. That, oh, that is How true. is that the case? Because? 31 years ago, I was, I was running for Secretary of State, and they campaign booked me on the uh, Talk of Cape show. Mm-hmm. On a on a morning drive, KZIM and Cape Girardeau. KZIM, and I uh, I was in Cape Girardeau, and I walked in the studio, and they introduced me to the host of the show, Carol Daniel. Wow! And she interviewed me, and uh, it was a great interview, as I recall. It's a long time ago, but you were very gracious and very kind, uh, yet tough. I mean, you you asked real questions, you know, and you you don't get that from a lot of these small town radio stations. I mean, Carol Daniel actually. Did my research. Yes, and asked some challenging questions, and it was a great interview, and so I knew Carol Daniel, you know, years before she came here to KMOX. So I was a KMOX fanboy my whole life. Yeah. Because your dad and your mom. My dad and my yeah. mom, and I came to the Great Forest Park Balloon Race. It's got to be over 16, 17 years ago, and the lady I was dating knew you, uh, Virginia, um, ah, and okay. she said, let's go meet Carol Daniel. I said, KMOX Carol Daniel? <laughs> and she took me over to meet Carol Daniel, and I was so overwhelmed. 
And I, I first of all, I don't believe that you're 60. That's why I thought you were retiring 61. at four, so it was 61. Yeah. Where, where'd you start? Where, where, where was the first radio broadcast? The first, that's a very good question, uh, was in college. And I, I tell young people today, this is the industry that you need to graduate with a degree, uh, should you go that route, uh, with a resume, because it's possible, not only just your internships, but it's possible to work and be making money in the industry while you are being educated in the industry. So my first job was, um, it was either a country and Western station in Jefferson city or the Missouri net. Okay. I was doing both at the same time at certain times, but I can't remember which I did first, but the uh, Missouri net, I wasn't on the air with Bob pretty legendary newsman in the state of Missouri. Yeah, Bob pretty, Bob pretty. Yeah. Um, I wasn't on the air there. I did Cardinal Baseball Countdowns. Really? And so the Missouri Net was the distributor for Cardinal Baseball. It it may still be. I don't know this. Uh, And so when the affiliates would tune in for the pregame, we would have to get their clocks. They needed to get their clocks synchronized. So they would hear me say, five, four, three, Uh two, one, mark. That wow. that was my that was my voice. Wow, Harold Daniel with Cardinal, the countdown. That, that, that's and you it was, can get a job at Houston maybe with the Rockets. I down can there. do that. I can do that. So that that was one of the first jobs. The country station. Uh, I would I worked on the weekends and I would play a country music the countdown for that week, which arrived in the mail on an album. Had and, to be the worst part of your uh, career, having to do country music. I, I mean, no, no, not really. Uh, I mean, I, I was just thinking, I, I am at a microphone. Right. And I am getting paid, and I am a junior in college. And she's spinning, uh, spinning Chet Atkins records out there. Did you just, you just, you played the whole first part of the show, and yeah. they were saying, coming in at number nine, you know. And then at the end, you pick the needle up, and I would do the weather for Central Missouri, flip the album, play commercials, flip the album. And then play the rest of the show. Carol, are you a Missourian? Uh, you went I to was, Mizzou Journalism School. Did you grow up in Missouri? I did in not go to Mizzou Journalism no? School. Let's clear this up. <laughs> I was born in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri in 1962. Yes. It's my, my ancestral homeland, Pulaski County, Missouri. Pulaski County. Yeah. That's where I was born. My father uh, is retired Army. And uh, I went to Mizzou for two years as a business major. Okay. I, I wasn't I wasn't a journalism major. I went to Mizzou. I could not get past statistics. Yeah, get in I, line. <laughs> I, oh wow, uh, there were many. There were other classes I couldn't get past as well. <laughs> and I, I tell this story that I partied at Mizzou, but I got serious at Lincoln University. And ah. the people at Mizzou said it's been great having you here, but we think it's time for you to go. Yeah, we've all had that talk. Hancock's had it. I've had it. Yeah. So, so I, I, I did not make it through Mizzou, but I went to Lincoln University, and um, my. Student number at Lincoln was something like three four six six seven. My number at Mizzou was something like, you know, nine eight zero zero seven seven one. I mean, it was a much longer number yes. because Mizzou was so big, right? Uh, and the other thing I tell young people is there are there's so many colleges you've never heard of that are great for you. Yeah. So don't choose the biggest thing. Choose a small thing if right. that's what you need. You need to know what Get you need. Yeah. You got to know what you need. And I didn't know what I needed, and that's why I went to Mizzou because my three older brothers uh, were ROTC. They're all retired colonels in the Air Force wow. Army and Marines, and they all went to ROTC at Mizzou. And so that's why I went to Mizzou because my three older brothers were there. Who hired you at KMOX? 
Um, that was Tom Langmeyer, mm-hmm. uh, who always and probably still does this, even though he's not a program director today. He owns radio stations now. That driving through through Cape Girardeau, he was going to Memphis. He was listening to KZIM and heard me at the time and called the newsroom. I had just done a newscast. So you have to think about the the, the God moment in that, that yeah. he could have tuned in five minutes later and right. missed me and not heard me because it was only a newscast once an hour and called and said, we have a job. You don't know who I am. I'm Tom, program director, KMOX, St. Louis. We have a job. Would you like to apply? And and I did. But the backstory is there had been another woman in the newsroom who had applied and was telling all of us, "Oh wow, I'm out of here. I'm going to KMOX. I got that job. <laughs> I am out of here because she was from California. Right. And so I went home and I, I'm crying to my husband and I'm telling him, I know I'm better than she is and she's going to get this job and I just can't believe it. And he goes, well, why don't you apply? And I said, I can't. I don't know what to do. I don't know. You know. I was so emotional about it. And then like a week later, Tom heard me and called me. Was Mr. Highland still here at that time? No, he was gone. He was. Yeah. He and was so gone. you you started at KMOX. Did you have any idea 28 years later you'd no. still be the... Voice no. of St. Louis. We we thought we'll give it five years, and it was very hard in the beginning. Um, I didn't necessarily feel like I fit or belonged. Um, it was intimidating. It was very, very intimidating. You, you walked into a newsroom that was buzzing. There, it felt like there were 20 people, and no one is stopping to say, ma'am, would you like to know how to operate the phones? I mean, <laughs> you know, there was just – I determined from the, those early days – that I was going to be, and I am generally a helpful person, but that I was going to be super helpful to everyone. Because you are I that. Sort well, sort of felt like I didn't get. You're you're going to be missed. Uh, is all I can tell you. Well, you're, it's good. It's good. You're such a such a fixture a, here. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I mean, I came here at 31. Yeah. I was 31 years of age, yeah. and I've been here 28 years. So my entire adult. Feel is feels like my entire dog. So when Hancock goes on his numerous vacations, you know that we all what? chronicle what here on Camelot. Will you come? You no, will you one. come in and sit with me and and do the show when Hancock's no. out of town? No, no, you're done. You're hanging it up. Hanging it up. Um, I do intend to teach. Or is it all about me? You just don't want to be on the radio. <laughs> no, it's not about either of you. I would work with either of you. I love you guys. Um, I intend to teach. I'll probably start writing again. Um, I have a couple of books. That I, one is written and another I would like to write. Um, Wow. So I don't know that corporate will let me come back. (laughs) (laughs) The great Carol Daniel. I'm I'm a little torn up about it, but she's retiring from KMOX after 31 years. It has been a blessing. 28. 28, 28, whatever it is. (laughs) It has been a blessing uh, to work alongside you. I appreciate you. You're a true professional. Well, thank you. And a legend of KMOX. No question. Hmm. When we come back, Michael, Stacey Lynn Moore, CBS News reporter, we're going to talk about these leaked documents. That's around the corner on KMOX. Regrets. I've had a few. Lots to talk about this morning. We go now to Washington, D.C., where we're joined by reporter Stacey Lynn Moore with CBS News. And, Stacey, a little bit of breaking news right now that you're covering uh, in Washington, D.C., related to uh, the Capitol. Oh, yes, of, of course. There was, a, there was an incident right outside of the Capitol, actually. There's a facility where they check vehicles before they get on Capitol grounds, and there was a delivery truck that was being screened. And visibly in the back of this 
Ford pickup truck, they saw a, a, a assault rifle with an extended um, arm, and it was kind of wrapped in a blanket, but visible for police officers to see. They retrieved it and um, seized it, and the driver has been arrested. You know, they just want to make things clear that there still is you know, and this is early in the investigation, and there was no clear indication that the guy responsible was up to no good or anything nefarious in the situation. But at the moment, they did seize that the guy's been arrested, and they just want to make clear that, that guns of any sort are not allowed on Capitol grounds. And so that's what's going on right now. We don't have any other information regarding um, the man that was arrested and, you know, what his intent was. A little public service announcement if you're carrying a long gun. In the back exactly. of your pickup, you probably don't go yes. to the uh, U.S. Capitol building. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's probably good words of uh, wisdom there. Stacy Lynn Moore joins us. The the leaked documents case. This thing is befuddling to me. A 21 year old uh, National Guardsman who's got some kind of um, technical background. Obviously, he's working in the in the system and the IT system there. Uh, has access to these classified documents. How does that happen? You know, that was my initial question. I think a lot of people look at that. They're like, this is a very young guy. You know, how are we giving such top secret clearance to people of this age? But this is very normal in this day and age when the younger members of our society have very much more advanced, you know, skills in the IT world and, you know, computer systems and things like that. So he was cleared. He was a 21-year-old member of the Massachusetts Air National Guard, and his, his job was Cyber Transport Systems Journeyman. So basically, it was an IT job where he installed fiber optic cable. And it's believed that he may have been able to monitor the network over which these classified materials flowed. And just like a lot of young people do, he was very, very prevalent on a gaming you know, online chat group. And that's where uh, Jack Tashira, this 21-year-old guy, is believed to have disclosed these documents and information. Did, did he have to undergo the same kind of background scrutiny as anybody else at a high level of government would have to undergo to have access to classified documents? Or uh, did he not have that background clearance because he was just doing in the, in, working in the IT space? I mean, I believe that they all have to undergo that that top secret clearance. And probably at the time when he did get that background security clearance, he wasn't, you know, passing along this information or there were no red flags for him. Um, Merrick Garland announced he will be charged under some of the uh, Espionage Act. Uh, what does that mean and what is the potential consequences for this young man? Well, right now he is a post, uh, supposed to be appearing in court in Boston. That was scheduled at 10 o'clock, making his first appearance. Um, Merrick Garland said he is being charged in connection with unauthorized removal, retention and transmission of classified national defense information. And I think the big FBI investigation right now into this leak and into this man is just how serious this really is. Why was he doing it? What was uh, behind it? How he had you know, access to all this information, was able to um, pass it along. And I think I read an article that was in the Washington Post maybe yesterday or the day before that said the documents actually appeared online, the pictures that, that are out. They appeared as kind of crumpled pieces of paper, like someone might have shoved them in their pocket and then, you know, took them and then opened them up, laid them out on top of, you know, the ground or a table or something and took pictures of them and photographed them later to pass on. So they're kind of at this early stage in the investigation of, you know, what is going on here? Why this um, person 
did this to begin with and just how malicious this stuff is. I mean, there's a lot of suggestions that some of the documents might not be real to begin with, but that's what the FBI now is currently investigating. Stacey Lynn Moore is our guest, CBS News reporter, and classified documents have been kind of a thing now for the last year in this country. Yeah. Uh, we've seen Donald Trump have lots of them. Uh, Joe Biden had a few of them. Pence had one or two, I think. Uh, and now and now this, you had the case of Liberty, uh, the, the woman that had the, the document several years ago. And you would think that systematically, is there a problem in the United States in terms of monitoring these documents? And, and, and absolutely, this is causing angst amongst our allies. Absolutely. I mean, I think to both both of your questions there, this is absolutely a problem. And obviously, you know, what appears to be in these documents, whether we know if they're completely true or not, assessments of the war in Ukraine, um, they appear to show, you know, our efforts to spy on Ukraine's government and military leaders and what information we have about intelligence about the Russian government. I mean, that is clearly a dangerous thing. You know, our efforts to spy on, on, you know, Israel, South Korea. I mean, it is a dangerous thing to have knowledge of this material out to other countries, no doubt. And, you know, the stuff floating around uh, via fiber cable, you would think that technologically we could find a way to encrypt this stuff as it's floating around. And uh, maybe there's, you know, uh, there, there needs to be some head scratching going on right now in the U.S. intelligence community. I think there's more than head scratching. There's a lot of uh, a lot of fury right now as they try to get to the bottom of this and the other, you know, document leaks that you just mentioned. I mean, yeah, there's been an increase in leaks of top secret information that we do not need to get out. We don't want to get it out, and they have to figure out a system of how to ensure that all this is safe and secure. Always on top of the news, coming to us from D.C., Stacey Lynn Moore, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Have a good day. Hancock and Kelly rolls on after the news right here on KMOX. Now, back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insterity, HR that makes a difference. On News Radio 1120, KMOX. And welcome back to KMOX and Hancock and Kelly on a Friday. We'll take you all the way to the top of the hour. Then we'll join the show with Chris Ranji and Amy Marks. Of course, we'll come back a little bit later in the day and visit with Dave Glover. Don't forget, you can always see us Sunday mornings on Fox 2 here in St. Louis at 8.30 in the morning for Hancock and Kelly, the television show. And, John, uh, the president of the United States, an Irishman, uh, went to Ireland this week. He's visiting his ancestral home in Ireland as well, an Irishman, I think it's awesome that yeah. we've got a president that's going back to Ireland. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you don't care, huh? Eh, no. Really? No. It, it does nothing for me. Well, let me ask you this. If, uh, if we had a Greek president who went back to Greece, would you be a little more enthusiastic? Yes. Why Why? Why would that be? Because you have a relationship with Greece, yeah, but no, not I, with I, Ireland. I, I, understand. I, I appreciate your... Uh, As an Irish Catholic, it's a big deal yeah. that the president of the United States there went to Ireland. And boy, there. it's at a... Uh, sticky time over there as the troubles seem to be arising again in Northern Ireland. And and uh, so things will be interesting. We'll keep an eye on it. Maybe we'll even talk to our good friend, Ambassador Kevin O'Malley, who was the ambassador to he's Ireland. He's on the trip, right? Yeah, he's on the trip. He was going to try to call in today. We may still get him for a couple of minutes during the show. Oh, nice. And uh, the phone lines have been blowing up. We'll take a couple calls here. All right, let's go to Steve. Steve, you're on Camel X. Gentlemen, glad to be with you again. Um, I wanted to call about abortion. Okay. There is no doubt, and I'm going to speak hypothetically, coulda, woulda, shouldas, 
if men could have babies, this would never be an issue. Here, here. And the degradation of women in our country is just astronomical. Well, let me ask you, Steve. Do, do you think there's a point in pregnancy where the life interest of the child is superior to the liberty interest of the of the mother? Never. So up until birth, the, the woman ought to be able to control that pregnancy. What about after birth? Then uh, you got the fire department. If it's really you really don't want it, but uh, it's yours. All right. Well, thank you very much. And, uh, real quickly, real quickly about Thomas. Yeah. You know, this was going on since the 80s with Anita Hill. We know who this man is. He's morally and professionally bankrupt. He has a wife. Birds of a feather flock together. Uh, this okay. man is unbelievable. Thanks All right. for the call. Thank you. That was Steve. Hey, no doubt about it. Hey, here's some other international news I stumbled upon. Uh-huh. Prince Harry, are you familiar with him? He's getting a little pressed these to days. That, uh, Meghan Markle. Yeah. Well, is she a princess, by the way? Is Meghan Markle? She's the Duchess of something. She's the Duchess? I think. I don't know what that is. Well, it was announced yesterday that that Philip was just a prince and he was the king, I thought. Yeah, that Prince Harry will be uh, returning for his father's coronation. There were some questions about whether or not that would take place. Charles III. Yeah, Meghan Markle and the kids, uh, who are prince and princess, are not going to be uh, attending that. So... uh, for those of you who follow the uh, the drama of the royal family, and I have to tell you, I could care less. Well. Are you into that stuff? I kind of like it. Will you watch the coronation on TV? I probably uh, will. Uh, I probably won't. Really? Yeah, I'm not a big Charles fan. I was a big Elizabeth fan. I liked Elizabeth. Yeah? The queen. Do you? What about the weddings? Did you wake up in the mornings and watch the weddings when the, the, the girls Georgian were getting married? Georgian did. I, yeah. I did not. Uh, Diana's wedding to Charles, it seems like... Uh, Seems like that was a big deal. I think maybe I watched that, but that was a hundred years. I mean, that was a long time ago. Got a dilemma. Yeah. Um, people are wishing me happy birthday on yeah. Facebook. Uh, happy birthday. And sending me text messages. Happy birthday. It's not my birthday. Oh. What's the first of all, I don't know why they think it's my birthday. What's the appropriate way to handle that? Should I just ignore it? Or do you respond to them and say, oh, my God, thanks for thinking of me, but uh, it's not my birthday? Yeah, that's what you do. And you tell them, uh, give them the date of your actual birthday, which let me see if I can get this. June twenty sixth. That's the right. Wow! I'll be forty eight years old this year, and so it's not my birthday. But thank you kindly for the birthday wishes. Um, What about? I had a friend of mine who had a baby. I was down in Florida last week. I had some business down there, and uh, was unable to uh, respond. A, A big giant text message came out from a friend of mine that said, "Hey, I had a baby." And um, your friend had a baby. Well, he and his wife had a baby, and the baby's here now. Thank goodness! Thank goodness! After talking to Steve, there, thank goodness the baby made it. Jeez. Yeah, is is it? It's been almost ten days since the baby was born. Yeah. Do I reply to that text message that yes. I sat on, yeah, yeah, or yeah. do I send a handwritten note or something in the mail well, acknowledging the baby? Either either way, yeah. you're you're good either way. Ten if he, if he's ten days into a new baby, he's not going to remember that you didn't reply to his text. Okay, so. Uh, you go ahead and send him a text uh, or a handwritten note, even better, and congratulate. What what they what they name the little thing? I have no idea. Oh, it was a little boy. And... He didn't tell you the name of the kid. I'm sure he... he did. It's in the thing, well, and I read it. I was I was in one of those late night meetings where I may not have been fully <laughs> yeah. uh, paying attention yeah. to what yeah. was being said there. And uh, but I, I I'm like, well, now do I respond to the person now that I'm back in town, or do I mail him something? You know, they, that's. That's a hard thing to deal with. You know, you don't know the manners of proper context or contact with people. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just, you know, got to let the guy. We have a phone caller. Oh, boy. Let's go to Eric. Eric, you're on KMOX. 
morning, guys. Um, I have not heard or I've heard very little discussion of what I think is the biggest story of the week uh, that's going to affect millions and millions of Americans. Yeah. And that's the EPA decision to uh, basically force battery electric cars on the on the public uh, by in eight years or so. Uh, like I say, affect, it's going to affect millions of people. Uh, it's going to put millions of people out of the market for a vehicle because they won't be able to afford it. Uh, a lot of drawbacks to electric cars that aren't talked about, and uh, I just think it's a big story. What, what's story. the story? I'm confused as to what the issue is. The EPA has basically put out rules that are going to require battery electric cars uh, in about eight years to be the wow. okay. majority of the vehicles sold will have to be electric battery cars. All right, All we'll right. talk about it, Eric. Thanks well, for the, the call. The market drives this stuff, it and it likely will it in should. the past. Hey, but if you go back and look when we when we mandated fuel consumption in California, it caused the whole industry to go. When Teslas first came out, John, they were $100,000 automobiles. Now they're selling them at $35,000, $30,000. Still very expensive, yeah. but the price comes down as we focus on it. More people get involved in it. Um, look, there's something we've got to do to preserve the environment. If people want to get an electric car, I think the market will drive those so, prices down. Well, I'm all for the market. Here's what I'm not for is the mandate, the government mandate. But were you for the and, mandate on seatbelts? And uh, not, not were originally. You, were you for the mandate this, on fuel this consumption? The, this is No. Why not? Uh, because because consumers have a right. And look, the electric car requires electricity. Right. What creates electricity? Well, it's lots of things. Yeah, right. But including it's, nuclear power, right here in St. Louis, including fossil fuels. Yeah. Uh, some a majority of the electricity in this country is generated from coal fire. So, this is not an environmental safeguard decision. This is a. I don't like the government mandating what we are able to purchase. I just only, don't like it. You, the government should really only mandate what books we read, no, uh, what we like, do with our own personal bodies, no, this has decisions we do, make with our gender identity. Has, has no, I'm just, what I'm trying to point out is the government makes mandates a lot, John. And in fact, in Jefferson City, the big arm of Jefferson City's government is mandating lots of things right now. How can you sit there and, and argue against the government playing a role when that seems to be what the Republicans want most of the time right these days? Because markets are going to determine what kind of vehicles the consumers want. The consumers are going to determine what the car manufacturers are going to make. And it's just that simple. And you don't want the government coming in and saying you can't have a, you know, a combustion engine any longer. I don't think That's they're just, saying that. But hey, let me ask you this. Um, have you been paying attention? Twitter has become a, a story these days, right? With Elon Musk yeah. out there, et cetera. Speaking of electric cars. Yeah. Yesterday uh, or two days ago, NPR says it'll no longer participate in Twitter. PBS is pulling back as well. Um, there's lots of this anti-Twitter sentiment going on. I don't know about you. It hasn't really affected me. This is where I get my news. Yeah. I mean, it... I don't like uh, my my timeline, my feed as much anymore. Where they suggest what you should be. Yeah. I'm getting a bunch of real right-wing conservatives. Are you getting a bunch of lefties? Yeah. I, why, why am I getting fed right wings when I'm liking the leftist stuff? Uh, yeah, I don't get it either. But it's, uh, you know, it, it, Twitter has become, and, and it really, you know, young kids aren't using it nope. at all. Uh, but it's become uh, a... Kind of a must-see um, item for me because it, you keep up with the stuff you're interested in. You can kind of see what people are talking about. Uh, 
first thing in the morning, you check and make sure the world hadn't blown up. There's only 20% of the population who has Twitter. So so many people aren't doing it. There is a chance that Twitter could go away one day. I'm telling you, it would be a disruption in my life. Yeah. Yeah, but it it may not be the worst thing that ever happened in the world. Right. Do you think Donald Trump would have been president without Twitter? Probably not. I don't think so either. Yeah. I think that that Twitter really uh, allowed him an opportunity to be, I mean, he had celebrity status. He He was not a political person. He was able to leverage that celebrity status, mainly through Twitter and some of the bombastic things that he would say, tweet and et cetera, which were outside of the norm back then, right? Six years ago, there was a bit more decorum. Um, I really think that it may be the single uh, largest factor that helped him become president. Yeah, I mean, that's a case you can certainly make, and, you know, you can never prove it, of course, but it's it's a case that's, you know, it's a reasonable argument, and certainly, uh, if it didn't elect him, it played a large, large role in elevating his presence. Do you play on any of the other social media platforms? No, nah, I don't. I mean, I, I've got a Facebook page I haven't looked at in years because I forgot the password. Right. So. I've got a Facebook page. I mainly look at pictures and stuff. I guess I have an Instagram thing, but I just don't get the news content that I get from Twitter, and I don't like the fact that some of these legitimate news organizations are leaving Twitter uh, because I do, if it was NPR or if it was PBS or, you know, name a reputable, even a left of center or a right of center, you're smart enough to deduce that yourself, that you know that this is, you know, quality journalism, and now they're they're leaving it, and it gives us less options. It does, and uh, that's just, you know, not helpful. There's a lot going on out there, and all of us have a, a duty, a responsibility to expose ourselves to as many different points of view as possible uh, to get at the truth. Yep. I'm really nervous about something that's happening in St. Louis. Yes. We should talk about it when we come back right. right here on KMOX. Now, back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference on News Radio 1120, KMOX. So I think I've heard every story uh, of yours like three or four times. But uh, this morning, you told me a story that I'm like, I, I'm blown away by that I'd never heard this, and it's hysterical. Well, it, yeah, uh, it, it, good story. It, a week or so ago, um, a very old and dear friend of mine, Al Rotskoff, he uh, he was the owner of Crescent Plumbing Supply here in St. Louis. He passed away, and Al was very involved in Republican politics in uh, in in the Creevecourt Township. He was the president of the Creevecourt Township Republican Organization, and just a great guy. His wife Sherry, uh, his kids, wonderful kids, and. Uh, and he had a had his ceremony, his funeral ceremony, and uh, went back to Sherry's house, and uh, you know for the uh, for the shiva. And I was remembered a story that uh, <laughs> when I was eighteen, I was getting involved in politics for the first time. Young, I'd worked on some campaigns, and somebody said you ought to go to the Creevecourt Township Republican Club. They have a meeting every month, and so I showed up. And Al was the president of the Creevecourt Township Republican Organization, and uh, within a few months, he made me the vice president hey now. of the Creevecourt Township. I'm 18 years old. That's a big deal. Yeah. And uh, so it was summertime, and the annual Creevecourt Township Republican Club Ice Cream Social was just around the corner at Stacy Park there in Olivet. And Al says, John, you're the vice president. You're in charge of 
getting the ice cream. I said, all right. So Good I, for you, 18-year-old. Yeah, got on the home phone there with the long cord in the kitchen <laughs> and uh, called up Baskin-Robbins. Uh-huh. And I said, uh, this is John Hancock. I'm the vice president <laughs> of the Creepcourt Township <laughs> Republican Organization. Yes, they said. And I said, I need to get some ice cream delivered to Stacy Park on such and such a day at such and such a time. How many flavors would you like? I said, well, let's pick six of them. Just any six. Because, you know, they got 31 over there. Right. At the exactly. Basketball. I've heard this. So, <clears throat> unfortunately for me, I was not able to attend the Creepcourt Township Republican Organization <laughs> ice cream social that day because... You didn't have a car? No, I had a piano gig. Oh, okay. I was playing the piano at a fundraiser for Frank Flotron. Oh, yeah. A Frank Flotron fundraiser. Uh-huh. Uh, who, was <laughs> running, who was running for the state senate at the time. So I'm sitting down at the Frank Flotron fundraiser playing the piano <laughs> and uh, tinkling on the little ivories there. And into the room walks then-Congressman Jack Beekner. Big, bo- bombastic fellow. Yes, Jack yeah. Beekner. And he comes walking in. I'm playing the piano, and everybody, you know, they swarm at the congressman. And he says, well, I've just been to the Creepcore ice cream social. They didn't have any damn ice cream. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Apparently, when I called Baskin-Robbins and ordered the six flavors of ice cream, uh, I was supposed to pay for it. <laughs> and uh, so we had... We had the ice cream social with, with no ice cream. <laughs> We're going to start and, calling you Kamala. And, and so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so somehow I mean, my political career got off to a really rocky Did you, roads. Were start. you stripped of your vice presidency after that major Al, blunder? Al was one of the most gracious and generous people I've ever known. He was very kind about the whole thing. But he would remind but, it remind me of it uh, as the years Well, yeah, long. because it wasn't like it was – and also at the fundraiser, it was the whole focus the of the it fundraiser. Was the ice cream social without the ice cream. It's so, but but looking at it in the rearview mirror, some forty years, <laughs> uh, it was memorable. And uh, but uh, all of that is to say, uh, rest in peace, Al Rotskoff, a, a dear friend, a great community leader, uh, wonderful father and husband. Uh, and we're going to miss you, pal. Yeah, rest in peace um, for Al. Hey, John, I'm concerned about something. Are you now? And I've been listening to the games and watching the games on television, uh, and I Cardinals. keep having in the back of my head playing Mike Claiborne saying, don't worry about it, Kelly. They don't have to really start paying attention till flag day. Yeah. This team's got some major issues. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just not. it's just not gelling. So you got a really good start from Jordan Montgomery yesterday. Mm-hmm. He goes six and a third innings, gives up two runs, a quality start. Uh, but the bullpen implodes. Very concerned. I am very concerned about Jordan Hicks. He's He's been hit hard every time out this year. And he's a high leverage situation reliever and just not getting the job done. And I guess uh, Gallegos and Stratton gave up some runs as well last night. Uh, the Cardinals... Only got six hits, struck out ten times. I'm not so worried about the offense. I think the offense is going to be fine. There's just too much depth. Wilson Contreras hasn't started hitting yet, and he will, you know. But the starting pitching is a real, real concern. I know we're going to get Wainwright back soon. But, uh, you know, I think they need to start looking at some other options. Matthew Liberator uh, down at Memphis is off to a very good start. He might be somebody that could slot into this rotation. But the pitching is a real concern.
Yeah, and it's not only the starting pitching that we're lacking on, but uh, the bullpen's a problem as well. Yeah, they could use another arm probably down there. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I think you're going to get Woodford in the bullpen. And, uh, you know, his last start wasn't awful, but uh, certainly not nothing like what he was doing in spring. His spring starts were phenomenal. So, but in, in the back end with Ryan Helsley, he had the rough first game, but uh, he's going to be fine. His stuff is very good. And I think, you know, Gallegos is, is going to be generally good. Uh, Hennessy's Cabrera is back up with a big club. We've got the pieces down there, but I definitely think we could use one more late inning arm on that ball club. Well, the remainder of this series against the Pirates is important. I mean, the Pirates should be a team that we should be playing pretty well at. We're at home. Uh, we were predicted to win the Central. Uh, of course, you know, sometimes you're a little rusty when you get started, and we've had some issues, but uh, last night did not give me hope where you're at home and you, you get blanked. Well, and the Pirates are not that bad of a ball club. I mean, you know, they've been they've been pretty bad for the last decade, but uh, they've got some young talent on that team. But uh, you know, you you got to beat you got to beat the Pittsburgh Pirates if you're gonna if you're gonna play. And we don't play them 19 times like we did. They've got the balanced schedule now, so we're not going to have those automatic wins against Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and the numbers that we've had them in years past. And it's it's time to wake up. For this ball club. So you're buying into my thing that maybe we ought to be a little bit nervous. I just I'll constantly remember yeah, I'm Claiborne saying, Mike, wait till flag day. Wait yeah. till flag day. No panicking. I mean, we are in a weak division. That's helpful uh, because eventually things ought to settle back to the norm. Uh, but the way we're playing right now, and you talk about competing against the top teams, the Padres, uh, the Dodgers, and they're off to a rough start. The Braves, very good team. We saw that. You know, the Phillies are off to a rough start. The Mets are off to a rough start. But those are all teams that, you know, I'm not confident we can compete against right now. Well, we're back at it this evening. Tonight at 7.15 is first pitch. Of course, you can hear the Cardinal game right here on KMOX. You want to get to keep it tuned here for John Rooney and Ricky Horton and Mike Claiborne and the team down there. Hopefully going to take us for the remainder three games with some victories. Let's hope so. And, of course, Tonight, at, well, tomorrow morning at 2 a.m. Oh, here we go. We kick off the World Championship Snooker Tournament at the All Crucible two of you who Theater care about that. in Sheffield, England. Ronnie O'Sullivan takes to the bays at 2 a.m. I will be getting out of bed to watch that. Well, I hope you were able to get out and enjoy this lovely weather that we've got today and tomorrow. Some rain and colder weather coming in on Sunday. Hancock and Kelly stick around with the show after this.